Tell us a little bit, man, like what happened to traffic in funnels when you hit 150 grand your first month, like unpack that. Arriving to the place where status, money, all those things that we spend so often, so much of our time and effort on just left me empty and burnt out. Just led to things starting to fracture, right? Whether it's clients leaving or marketing issues or iOS issues or team members leaving, like all these things. And so when you have multiple huge businesses and then in, in all those businesses, you have issue after issue after issue. What I realized is I woke up one day and I built a prison for myself. Yo, 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 welcome to the Holy Hustle podcast. Excited to be here. Another week, another amazing interview lined up for you guys today. Before we dive into the interview, you know, I just want to say thank you guys, man. Getting um, a, a lot of good feedback, a lot of people. One of the best things that people have said was, man, when I was a 20-something Christian entrepreneur, Holy Hustle is the podcast. I wish I had starting out. And so, man, thank you so much for the, the, the ratings, the reviews. We passed 100 subscribers and we're, we're going viral past a hundred subscribers on um, YouTube, over a thousand downloads of the podcast, over a hundred reviews. So thank you guys so much and keep doing that. If you're watching on YouTube right now, do me a favor, smash, like it, do all that good stuff, subscribe and um, man, leave a review on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're at. It just helps more people to get these ideas of building wealth and business and having God involved in that. And that, that, that's something that's uh, uh, really near and dear to what we're trying to do around here. So thank you guys so much. So in this interview today, I got my man, Chris Evans. This is not Captain America. However, I will say, I love Captain America. You probably heard that joke millions of times, Chris, but, but, um, but yeah, I'm the original. No, you know, you, you, you traffic and funnels. A lot of people know uh, about it. You know, if you've been around in the last several years, you've, you've definitely have been influenced either by them directly or other people kind of doing what, you know, taking their stuff and, and repurposing it. But, you know, this is something I, I'd mentioned we recorded and I messed up, but what I was saying earlier was, you know, in the, in the 2000s, there was a few guys that, that, that crushed it. You know, Frank Kern, Jeff Walker, Mike Phil same, you know, were some of the early guys uh, that were, that were really crushing and, 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 and did it for a long time. And there was not a lot of innovation and then traffic and funnels. These guys come on the scene and these two dudes that I'm just like, man, these, these guys, uh, they're too cool for me. Um, and, and we're going to talk about the old Chris versus the new Chris. But I was like, man, these guys, these guys are just dominating. And, it, and, and, and you got that sense that you guys were just dominating the game, like taking it over. And it was you guys. There was not a lot of other companies doing what you guys were doing and the attention and the income that you guys were generating. You guys blew up, scaled fast. And I followed that in, in a lot of what I do on social and ads. And, and, you know, uh, it was a lot of what you guys taught. So first of all, thank you for the impact that you've had on this consulting and coaching and, and internet marketing space, man. Thank you for the friendship that you've had over the last few months. Um, you know, the humility that you possess as a result of going through some stuff that we've talked about. So man, super pumped that you're here to hang with us, Chris. Well, I am excited to be here. Thank you so much. I am truly honored. And I, I saw your other guests that you had. I'm like, man, those guys are amazing. And so it's really a privilege to be here and to be able to pour out uh, for, for your peeps. Yeah, man, you, you know, this is, this is awesome. You, you're going to have to come back 
when there's millions of downloads and have a part two because we're going to get some stuff because you're going through a lot of mm -hmm. stuff right now as a result of growing fast and you know what wasn't always that way you know you have a background in ministry and i'd love to hear you know uh, a little bit about how you started getting you know and got into entrepreneurship and then starting traffic and funnels yeah absolutely so i grew up in a lower to middle class family military family we traveled a lot and uh always we were always in the church from a young age and uh, that was part of our culture and life and i went to bible school in a this wild School of Ministry in Pensacola, Florida called Brownsville Revival School of Ministry. And what you did there is you went to the mission field after you graduated. So I got married. My wife and I went to the mission field. We traveled for several years. We ended up in Holland as missionaries, had our first uh, kid in 2004. And then things just didn't work out, man. They, the team, we were just young. We were inexperienced. We lacked wisdom. And we just did the whole thing just didn't work out. So we ended up coming back in 05 totally disillusioned. Like I, I thought this was what I was supposed to do. And, and I see so many patterns from then to when I went to business and I got into the, the mortgage real estate industry for several years and struggled financially. And I have always been entrepreneurial, man. Like I always had that knack. I was always like coloring outside the lines and ambitious and driven and all those things. And dude, I would go door to door to ask people for money for missions. Like I didn't care. You know what I mean? Like I was just always uh, moving forward. And um, I, I found out and discovered that, okay, I think I can do this thing. And I started a local business here in Charlotte, a garage door business. I knew nothing about garage doors. A friend of mine had a business like an hour and a half away. And uh, so he encouraged me. And, and back then, you, know, you could use a, a phone book to get calls, right? And as, as soon as that started not working, I was like, man, I got to figure something else out. Then I heard about SEO and I started learning about that. And and that kind of was like the start of me falling in love with marketing and online marketing. Then I, SEO, you know, it was a very difficult game. Google's always changing things. I was like, man, this is not, this is not it. And then I heard, I heard someone say on a course that I bought, if you could learn to spend $1 on an ad and make $2 back, you'll never have to worry about money again. And dude, that was like a ton of bricks dropped on me. I was like, what? Because I've been worried about money my whole life, right? Mm. And so that really propelled me that I just had a drive in me to learn online marketing, paid acquisition. And then I started doing it for the people. And then some really early info product sellers, I was building all of their backend stuff, their product launches, running their ads, writing copy. And then Taylor and I connected in early 2015. I was running ads, building infrastructure for launches. So that would include webinars, stuff like that. And he was writing copy and building funnels. And so we connected and it was just instant synergy, right? Mm. We are two crazy dudes that just are like wild and ambitious and very similar backgrounds, grew up in church, were in ministry. And so there's a lot of uh, the same values that we had. And so we just started jamming and uh, one thing led to another. We decided to, uh, man, what if it, what would it look like if we did something together? Because he had clients and I had some clients, but what if we could combine our powers and um, about eight months later, we did that with Traffic and Funnels, and it just blew up. It 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 one hundred percent blew up. What was your guys's first offer that you guys tested? I mean, did you guys immediately have a signature offer, and that's the thing you scaled? Was client? I, I don't know what was like. Yeah, the original. So it's, it's hilarious, man. Taylor was one of those guys who emailed their list every day. You know, as a copywriter, mm -hmm. I think 
and Settle made that really popular. Yep. And so that's what Taylor did. And so he had a list of like 117 people. And she's like, oh man, I can email my list. Let's get some people on the phone and have consults with them and see what we could sell. That was it, dude. There was no like, there was nothing. So we ended up getting three different industry type people uh, on the phone. I think one was a, was a real estate agent. One was a photographer. And I think one was maybe a fitness person. And we just made stuff up. Like, oh yeah, tell us whatever their problem was. Oh yeah, we could help you with that. Right. So we ended up selling three packages from a Google doc and it was a three K each. So we essentially made nine grand within a few weeks. And I was like, okay, man, what we need to do is we need to take that money. I'll, I'll build a webinar. We'll run ads and then we'll put that right back into just filling up our pipeline. So that was around September, maybe August and of August of 2015. Dude, I was still really loaded with my clients. And so this is very part-time, you know, we're just validating. And we started turning on some ads in October and just a trickle of applications coming through. And not only were we doing that, but we were also taking done for you clients. Mm. I remember, yeah, we, I wrote a webinar for Jason Hornung and a bunch of different people uh, just kind of, cause we could do everything with both of us. And then I still had my clients that I were, I was doing all their back end stuff. And so we had, I think put by early December, 30, 40 grand in the bank. We hadn't touched it. And Taylor was like, dude, come on. We just had to go all in on this. And I was like, screw you, man. I don't, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know? I was scared. Dude. At that point, I think I had my four kids. Yeah, I did. And so I was afraid. I was scared. And then finally it's like, you know what? No, this is right. And so we just, it's like, we're doing this. We're going all in on traffic and funnels. And so we, uh, we took the last two weeks of the month off and what I did is I had ads on to fill up the calendar for the first two weeks of January. So I think I remember looking back on messages in Skype. That's what we used back in those days, you know, the old days. Oh yeah. And it was like, man, do you think we could do 20 grand a month? Like, what would that be like? Right. Mm. That's what we do. We came from no money. I was a broke missionary. Right. And, mm. and so I had a lot of money scarcity issues. So anyways, long story short, essentially January 2nd or whatever the first business day was that we started taking calls, dude, we just, out of the gate on fire, man. We did 127,000 in revenue in January. And we were just like, we are the kings, dude. You know what <laughs> in the world? So that was like, I remember going out to dinner with my wife and we celebrated and it was amazing. It's like, oh my God, like, is this even reality, right? I've never seen that much money before, at least my own. And so they were like, oh, we're, we're going to the moon. Dude, guess how much money we made in February? How much? like 30 grand. <laughs> We're like, it was a fluke. Oh my God. But still that's for most people. I mean, uh, yes, I get it for, for most people. They're like, Oh my God. But yeah, you thought you're going, you're doubling. Oh yeah. Higher highs all the time. And so we, we had someone mentoring us. It was a lot of mindset issues. And, and of course we bounced back and, and, and grew from there. And uh, it, was just, it was a wild ride, man. And so many learning lessons. You know, we, we got that business to multiple eight figures. So we had three eight-figure businesses. Before I left the business, um, we had another seven-figure business. We had 150 team members, 20,000 square feet of office space. We spent millions of dollars in ads, tens of thousands of products sold, thousands and thousands of high-ticket clients. Just nuts, dude. That, you know, we'll talk about the FTC, but I didn't realize how many employees we had actually worked for us. And it ended up being like 700 people that come through that we trained, mentored, 
some very various fashion, right? And so to look back and see how where so many of these people are is like such a beautiful thing and how they're just you know, blossoming in what they're doing. Yeah, it's crazy. And and we'll chat more about the intricacies. Um, we'll, we'll loop back around. But Ashton was like one of your interns or someone that grew up, you yeah. know, now he, he, he runs the business, owns the business. And so just kind of cool. You know, I think, I think it's really simple. Like when I look at leaders, I, I, I want to know who they're producing next. And mm-hmm. that's, what's so cool about, you know, I know there was, a lot of craziness that's happened with that business in your personal life, but it, it, it it's kind of cool to see so much of the, a lot of the industry has been influenced by what you guys, um, what you guys created. I want to circle back to, you talked about these money issues, hit a hundred, hundred plus. Um, why do you, why do you think a lot of Christian entrepreneurs have, you know, this kind of money issue type, stuff like like the the almost a poverty mindset mm-hmm. that i think really like they get to a certain extent and they don't think they can make more than that because i think christians make it about them right yeah, yeah. I, I think so many christians are very self-centered and we take on what we can or cannot do versus if you actually read the bible god owns everything right he owns the cattle on a thousand hills dallas willard says he owns the cadillacs on a thousand hills as well mm. And so it's when you make it about you and you mm. have identity issues, yeah, you're you're going to be capped, right? But when it's not about you and it's Jesus through you, dude, the possibilities are tremendous. And so I think it's very cultural, man, because we also glorify poverty mm. in the Christian community oftentimes. And what we need to realize and what I've gone through in my journey process is realizing that Okay, if the creator of the universe created Chris Evans, uniquely made, uniquely formed, thought of before the foundation of the world, and he has intention and purpose for me, and then so much of my life is spent trying to validate my own issues, but all I need to do is look to the sky and what Jesus created, how he created me and his intention and purpose for me, it's like, oh, I actually don't need all those things to feel something about myself when all I have to do is look to the creator of the universe and how I am one of a kind, uniquely created, intrinsically worthy of his love and valued. And so that change, I think, will change the perspective. And you look at business or ministry, there are parallels, man. Like as an entrepreneur, so much of my journey, the success came because I wanted and needed security I wanted to feel worthy. I wanted to feel loved. I wanted to feel validated because of my internal lack of healthy identity. You see the same thing in ministry. I think the reason why people build platforms and ministries is the exact same reason. It's not actually for the kingdom of Jesus. It's for the kingdom of man. Mm. If I have a platform and people celebrate me and they praise me and they worship me, right? It's because I want to feel something because of my internal lack. So I think that's a lot of why we have... The, the conditions that we do about the perspectives of money in in the church. And it, it, it means if, you know, if we can make this money or produce this thing, then that means something good about us. It's like, dude, we're royalty. Mm. We're adopted into a royal family. You know what I mean? Like the Bible says that we are kings, mm. sons. And so I think it's when we actually take a healthy grasp of our identity and who Jesus made us to be, 
all those issues go away. Bro, that's powerful. You, you talked about a healthy identity in who we are. So when you're speaking about this now, is this the way that you thought back then? Or is this kind of the process coming out of that? Because, you know, one thing and, and you know, you talk about before this, we, we, we hit record, you talked about the old Chris there's a new yeah. Chris and I've been kind of talking, hanging with you during this journey and process. You know, one of the things that I, I, I it was hard for me, you know, um, and I had no ideas if you were a Christian or not. I like buying courses from people that I, I just, I like them, you know, and I think people buy, you know, not the product they're buying the people. And, and, and there was this, there was this brashness and maybe it was probably part of my insecurity as well because you guys were just killing it, but you almost like you let people know you were, you know what I mean? Like you had the mm -hmm. attitude that you were killing it. Can, can you talk a little bit about that identity stuff of how you felt back then um, and needing to build the, that, that empire, you know, uh, your own kingdom and yeah. what's changed for you? What's, what's changed? Uh, brokenness, humility. Mm -hmm. That's what's changed. You know, Jesus says, his his mm. essentially his thesis his manifesto in Matthew 5 he talks about the ones who are actually blessed the ones who are actually blessed are those who are poor in spirit which essentially means whether you have piles of money or not no matter who you are your social status it's realizing no I actually need Jesus I need Jesus it doesn't matter if I have a billion or none like mm. my soul my spirit needs Jesus and I think I've always loved God I've always had a heart for God, but money became and success in the platform and the accolades became my idol. It became the thing that gave, you know, the hurt, the wounded, the, the, the lack of identity, Chris, the old Chris, something to puff himself up. And I didn't realize that, man, okay, I love God, but my perspective was I didn't need God or I thought I didn't need God. And so the process, you look over and over in the Bible, dude, that the, that the Lord will take us through a journey of brokenness and suffering to bring us low, right? Mm. Isaiah 26 talks about that. And so old Chris, yeah, loved God, but I separated God and business. I didn't think there were, it was intertwined. I thought it was like, okay, you got business, right? God will bless you. You got ministry. And what I've realized, like, no, actually, God created business to love yeah. people, mm. right? And so if everything good came from God and his intention it was for us through business, well, that means that my life should be Christ-centered and fully dependent on God, whether I have a billion or nothing. Mm. And so where I was is like the person, the old Chris, was fully reliant on himself, right? meaning that I had to show up. I had to make it all happen. I had to be the brilliant one, right? And all the while, like God was just, yeah, there was the, the diligence and the work and all those kinds of things. But yeah, I think God did allow blessing and favor. Mm. And then I was like, oh yeah, I'm the man, right? So I got puffed up, like I am the man, right? And so that's where we got to a place of victory disease. Like, Victory disease is essentially when you win and you win consistently, you think that you'll never lose. Like, oh, if I touch this, that turns to gold. Oh, what if I touch this and this and this? And so that's part of where like the fast scale and all the businesses and the growth is like, oh, dude, we could just you know take over the world. But the reason why we wanted that external manifestation 
was because of the internal lack. I won't speak for Taylor. I'll speak for myself. And so it's broken identity, man. And I tried to accumulate all the external things for my internal lack when all I had to do is recognize, oh, that's exactly where I need to be. I need to fall on my face and realize that my all my source is from Jesus. And the fullness of life is from Jesus, John 7. Rivers of living water. Like he's already given me what I need and I just need to accept it. And there's, that's a process, right? It's not just like a, a switch. And uh, so accumulating all those things and having the big businesses and the accolades and we made a bunch of money, lost a bunch of money, which I'm happy to talk about. It's like, man, getting to the top of that mountain is like and, and feeling empty and tired mm-hmm. and exhausted and stressed and anxious and depressed. It's like, what the freak, dude? Mm-hmm. What am I doing? Like, you know what I mean? I thought that was the thing. And there's actually this thing in us. When we get to a certain level, we think, oh, that thing will finally give us, you know, belonging or happiness or joy. And so I just continually chase that next level. Right. We hit that six figures. I thought that was going to be it. It's like, dude, we're there. We made it. We've arrived. No, man. It was 250, then 500, then a million a month, and on and on. And it just empty, man, and anxious. Right. And so, and all the time, Jesus is here holding mm. his hands out, saying, come to me if you're tired and you're weary. Take my burden. And um, what, hap- what had to happen was all those things had to be taken away from me. Because I was grasped onto my idols, bro. Like, Because I felt, thought my security was in those things. My identity mm. was in those things. So when the storm came, uh, it feels rough. And that's where the brokenness came and the humility. It's like, okay, well, I tried all the money and success and private jets and, you know, accolades and whatever. That didn't work. So, yeah. all right. <laughs> guess I need <laughs> well, to go the Jesus way. I think some people are going, man, like, okay, uh, that's cool, Chris. But like, God, can you test me like you tested Chris? I'm going to be, you know, I can have, you know, I want to talk about FTC stuff, how things kind of, you know, led to the brokenness. But before I do, there's got to be a balance and maybe you're walking through this right now, but, but what would your answer be at this point? Cause you're still coming out of this stuff. What would your answer be to still thinking wealth and abundance and crushing it and wanting to build something that has a lot of impact and staying humble, God in the driver's seat. Like what's the balance that or posture and positioning we should have as it pertains to winning deep in business, but, and not losing your family or faith. Yeah. Well, I think identity just has to be first. And, you know, we're, we all grow up in very interesting you know, scenarios and situations with family and culture, and we are affected by that stuff. And so my pattern was I shut down, I I suppressed emotions, I swept things under the rug, Mm. and I just coped in an unhealthy way. Part of that was success. And so when we are leaning on other things instead of Jesus, then that is the issue, right? It could be entertainment, it could be drugs, it could be money, whatever. Jesus came to fill the emptiness in our heart. And so so I think at any point when we're running to something other than Jesus, whatever it is, it is an issue, right? And thank God that, you know, the Lord is kind and he continually invites us. And so I think it all comes down to the motivation of our hearts. 
am I pursuing money because I don't believe that God is good enough to take care of me? That was me. That's why I aggressively went after building. I almost lost mm. my house in 2012. I had trauma from that dude. You know, mm. young father, I was looking for a rental place. Like the sheriff showed up in my house with documents saying, hey, like your house is being taken from you. And so that, that had an impact, man. And just how I, I grew up. And I, I never went through the process of healthy discipleship to deal with those things. Mm. It was just shame. And so I used success yep. and, and food and entertainment and whatever, man, to cover up that shame, right? Mm. And so I think those internal things, if we're running to something else other than Jesus, and that's the issue. And are we open-handed with it? Am I open-handed with my business? So I learned this from a guy, Stephen DeSilva. He talks about the purpose train where he, he told me, it's like, dude, this is what it should be is like your identity is fixed. You are innately valued, right? Uniquely created in Jesus. And then from there, there should be your purpose. Like, what did God create me to do? Right? Of mm. course, love him, worship him, have relationship. But then, you know, outside of that, how to contribute to yeah. building culture and kingdom, right? Yep. Because we're all uniquely gifted. Yep. It's up to us to cultivate those gifts. And then it's mission. Like, what am I here to do? Like, what does that look like? Right. Then strategy and tactics are going to be business and finances and, you know, marketing and well, like all those kinds of things. All those other things under identity can come and go. But when we have it flipped around, when we're relying on those things to make mm. us be something, that's when it's messed up and it's out of order. Right. And so that definitely happened to me. And I think so often we're looking to the hustle. We're looking to the success to make us something that Jesus already said we are. That we just have to receive. So hopefully I'm not preaching too much here. Do you just jump no, in this and stop is so, me whenever? This is so good, man. It gives, you know, I'm getting context in that whole process, the mindset. And I think it's helpful to 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 folks because I know folks that are listening, they 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 want to grow something. They 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 yeah. there's a level of meaning in their heart that they feel called to the business world and uh, we're the marketplace and, and, and want to achieve status at some level so that, you know, for me, I think the marketplace is an evangelistic tool for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one of, one of the things I hope I actually had one guy that says, I'm not, you know, left a review. I'm not a man of faith uh, or grew up in church, but this impacted me like that. Yeah. That's probably even that's better awesome, than dude. all the other, all the other yeah. reviews because um, you know, that, that, that's, that's why, you know, I want to, I love the marketplace. I love business people, but so much of so much, I love that you said this because it's just matter of fact, I loved God, but I had, you know, I, you know, I, I wasn't going to him for, you know, there's a separation yeah. and, to, to, and that's kind of what the Holy hustle is. How do we combine faith and how do we combine work? So t tell us a little bit, man, like what, what happened to, two traffic in funnels for you to leave it, go through this journey of self-process and identity and uh, brokenness like you had described, man. Like what, what happened? You hit 150 grand your first month, like unpack that. Yeah. So I think you, I'll, I'll give kind of broad context is, you know, arriving to the place where status, money, all those things that we spend so often, so much of our time and effort on was just left me empty. And burnt out and so coming to that place of of not only getting there it's like man okay i've got all these things that everybody wants right but i'm empty and i'm i'm, I'm burnt out and then having that in the back of my 
mind, my heart, my soul, in addition to a lot of issues and challenges from the consequence of growing the businesses very fast just led to things starting to fracture, right? Whether it's clients leaving or marketing issues or iOS issues or uh, team members leaving, like all these things. And so when you have multiple huge businesses and then in, in all those businesses, you have issue after issue after issue. What I realized is I woke up one day and I built a prison for myself where, man, there was a glorification of Chris from Traffic and Funnels and all the businesses and everything we've done. Yeah, we did a lot of great things, impacted a lot of people, many beautiful things. But it's just like, dude, our monthly nut was seven figures just to pay the bills. Dude, we had dozens of families that relied on us, right? And so just the weight of the world. In 2018, in August, I remember having a conversation with Taylor's like, dude, I don't want to do this anymore. So me, my propensity pattern has been to not be self-aware, which is very dangerous for a personality like me who's very driven and can push because I had no governor. I would just push until I just ran off the cliff. And so we ended up shutting down a seven-figure mastermind. It made us seven figures. In 2018, we shut it down because of burnout. And then that, that kind of started... Um, I think that traumatized Taylor because I had to step out for a couple months and I was just disconnected. Mm. And so he kind of had to take on the weight of the business. So I didn't really learn much from that, right? To not repeat that. I think coming into 2021, the end of 21, when we had bigger businesses, more issues, same patterns of old Chris, and just like, what am I, I can't do this, man. And so it got, it got really bad, dude, because what I've realized is that I've had years and years of an undercurrent of anxiety and worry and depression. And I had this conversation recently with my wife. Dude, like we were making tons of money, dude. People saw mm -hmm. all the glamour and glory of the business and Chris Evans. But on the weekends, dude, I'd be up in my bedroom by myself binging Netflix mm -hmm. and eating nutty parts. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I was not in a good place, mm -hmm. but I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know how to get help and get a healthy mm -hmm. identity and, so that led to 21 where I remember, dude, when we had, we were spending a lot more money than the money that was coming in. And so that just put us into a negative place, you know, with, with losses and October, I think October 28th, somewhere around that, that time, I remember being at the dentist, getting a text message from Frank Kerr and a text message from Alan Sultan say, Hey, did you see that? you're on the list or the FTC, they sent out a bunch of letters. Just felt sick, man. And from that point on, it's like, when you're messing with the federal government, dude, it's not a joke, right? Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they have a lot of power. Yeah. I was like, one, I'm, I, I think I'm unaware that I don't want this anymore. It's so much burden and work and I'm exhausted and tired. And I know God had been telling me to slow down. Mm. Dude, I, when I go back and look at my journal and that's from that summer, like I journaled about slowing down. I bought books about slowing down, but dude, I was going hundred miles an hour. Like I valued hurry. I valued rushing. Mm -hmm. I valued to getting to the next level all the time. And so getting to that place where we got that letter, I was like, oh, it's over. Like, dude, I just went into a deep depression. There were days where I was immobile because mm. I just didn't know because you had this thing like someone who has a broken identity, who has built these businesses, who's dependent on that success for the validation 
of his identity and who he is and his worth and his value. And those things potentially going away or having issues and going backwards was rough. And so at any point when we feel like our money or our business or our whatever is to validate us, it is not the right place to be. That's mm -hmm. not how Jesus created us. It's not. And so it was just, it was massive. And, you know, we, we retooled a lot of things. We're like, for sales mentor, we immediately shut off ads. And I was like, dude, this business is gone. Like, there's no way. <laughs> we had a huge team, a lot of expenses. And we try to retool traveling funnels and just a lot of like, let people go, hire some people. Just tried to move heaven and earth, basically, to keep this thing rolling. And I'm just distraught, dude. And are you are you trying to keep it go, going because of identity? Is it yes. I got to keep it right, say. pushing through? Yes. Yes. Yeah, man, because it was all about Chris Evans. If I'm just being like straight up honest, it was all about Chris Evans, dude. And um if I if if I if I was Chris Evans of today, things would have been a lot different, right? How? Um well, we wouldn't have built as fast. We would have been okay with slow. But we live in a, in a society, dude, that values fast, values productivity, values maxing every minute of every day. That is not the way of Jesus. It's mm. not the way of the Lord. And it, it, it's, it's deceiving, man. Right? Cash can be very deceptive mm. because, because society values cash, values money, values all those external things then we take that as validation that everything that we're doing is right and that it ain't, man. Mm. And so when it's just like, oh, dude, like, we, you know, we're touching this business. I understand economics. We can just turn up the heat. And so we just, at the end of the day, I think we weren't really built on a rock, you know? Mm. And so when things started to, to have issues, um, we were like a freight train going really fast, trying to build new track. and I didn't even want to be on that freight train anymore. I think if I'm, you know, being honest. So yeah, I mean, we just had months and months of of kind of break even, made a little money, lose money, just like dude, trying moving fast, trying to keep the the wheels on. It's like okay, we got some months of a little momentum, and and um, coming into May, Taylor was out on a 30 day sabbatical. Dude, I was so exhausted, and so burnt out i would get on a 30 minute zoom and not be able to function for the rest of the day wow just fried and so taylor had decided to he told me that he was going to leave the business um and so i was thinking about just taking it over right and just running it and i realized in june it's like there's no way there's absolutely no way that i can do this like i'm close to dying <laughs> that's a little bit dramatic but i was in a yeah. bad place We've been talking to Ashton for a long time about coming back in. Um, he had a lot of vision for the business and wanted to, to take it to the next level, whatever. So like, okay, let's let's turn it over to Ashton. I'll step out for 30 days at least. And and that was just like, you know, just the start of my healing process and in, in um, when was that? The that was in June of twenty two, middle of June. 22. I think June seventeenth. Yeah. So and that started the process. Dude, I went dark. dark. I didn't talk to anybody for months, hmm. except for my mindset coach and my close friends. Yeah. I was off of social media. I didn't talk to Taylor, nobody oh. from the team. I couldn't, man. I didn't pick up my laptop. I didn't touch my laptop for quite some time. 
And so what I was did, in a really bad place. And what in that in what changed? Like what 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 happened next? Man, it was a lot of a lot of time just in silence and pondering and before God, like what is happening? Mm. I felt abandoned. I felt like I was in the pit of despair. You know, I don't know if you've ever experienced intense depression, but it is, it's awful. It feels like you're in a pit that you'll never get out of. And so I knew that I had to, I knew that, okay, like, I feel like God was inviting me to slow my life down. And I I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't take that path. I love how you said that. I, I, I love how you said he was inviting. I think sometimes we're waiting for God to just do it for us. But he, mm-hmm. I love that you said he invited me in. So he's inviting you. Um, and, and, and it's us that needs to accept yeah. that invitation. It's very, very interesting perspective. Because I think so many times, like people are like, I, I just need God to fix this stuff. I, I got to pray. I always grew up in the circles where you got to pray that out. Like, yeah. you know, or it's a demon. You know, like you, you gotta pray, right? Like I'm just keeping it real. Like you gotta pray on so yeah. demon, you know, like what's what's Cindy have in your life? You know what I mean? Like, and so right. there's an invitation, and so you accept this invitation and mm. tell me more on that. Yeah, man. I think that we're sovereign individuals and God has given us wisdom and brains and discernment. And so I know that God was speaking a lot even mm. before about the business and things that we should have made different decisions on. When I look back, it's like, okay, yeah, like that was the Lord. And the mm-hmm. God, yeah, God's not a tyrant. Mm-hmm. He's kind and he mm-hmm. does invite us. Like you, you think about, you know, the prodigal son, the father, like that's the image of our father, right? Yeah. In heaven. And so part of our job, just like a little sidetrack, if I may, right? Part of our, our job and what his desire for us is to mm-hmm. grow in character and maturity as children. Like, I look at my kids, my daughter, my oldest, she's 19, she's growing, she's blossoming. It's like beautiful. So for me as a father to to look at that and see in my desire mm-hmm. for her to grow in her maturity and to be able to make decisions, she's a sovereign individual. That's mm-hmm. how the Lord looks at us. And so I think he's always handing out um, wisdom and inviting us into, you know, the way that we should walk. So it, it was that, man. It's like, I knew that I had to do a lot of deep work. Like what I had done and tried. There's a lot of things that we did right, but man, the things that we did wrong or that I did wrong, like took me to the edge of a really bad place. And so it was, dude, I think I got three mindset coaches, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I just, whatever I could do, man, like I was in the word every single morning in prayer, every single morning, like, it was that thing like, okay, I tried it without the Lord and I'm broken and I'm empty. God, like I need your help. And so it was just crying out before the Lord every day. Many days was literally tears, man. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of journaling processing. And so I think it just started the the process. Like brokenness is such a beautiful thing to the Lord mm-hmm. because when we, when we realize, oh, you know, I'm not God's gift to humanity, you know, um, and that everything I have good is from him, it's through him, you know, it's from him. Then, wow, dude, it's such a revelation that I've experienced in the last year. And when I've come to that place, I think that's the ultimate place of contentment, right? Which is like, dude, I've had profound anxiety and depression mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. life. The last year, bro. 
I still deal with anxiety more so than yeah. depression, but I've had profound peace, like overwhelming peace that I could not get off my couch, mm. dude. Mm. But it's all been a process of slowing my life, my mind, my heart down, being before the Lord and actually meditating on what he says about me, what he says for me and following that path and pulling that thread. And so it's been a lot of like learning how to feel and process emotions and being okay with those things and being vulnerable with people close to me and, and just uncovering a lot of things that happened to me growing up and dude, like so many of us are traumatized and we don't actually process it in a healthy way, you know? And so that's been the opportunity that I've had. And um, from that, it's, it's just like, okay, my life is Christ centered. Like, it's not like, oh, Jesus is part of my business. Like, no, Jesus is like, it flows from Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I've done it the other way, dude. Yeah. I, I, I have, I have too. And, you know, I, I, I want to talk about it in a little bit, but what the collective is, how people can learn a little bit more about that. But, you know, I, I kind of bug you like, bro, you can blow this thing up. Like, bro, like you're Chris Evans. And like, now it's providing context to me mm. of, of your, pers your, your perspective. Like you don't care about that. You, you don't care about them. You know, you know, it's, it's about what God wants for your life versus what you yeah. want. And, and I, and our desires change. And so maybe the taste, your yeah. taste buds, your desires are changing as a result of spending more, more time, you know, with him. So for someone that maybe is in it, or they do have desires, I, I want to make an impact, Chris, I, I, I want to grow, like, we've never had money in the history of my family, you know, tutelage, like, yeah. I want to, I want to build something great and special. You know, if you were to build it again, you said you would go slower, but what are maybe two or more, three more things that you would do differently to grow the right way? So from, I think a tactical standpoint is I would, I would really put an emphasis, you know, I'm a marketing guy. I love marketing, right? I would put, well, let me back up real quick. What was really interesting for us? And I think this is the case for so many people is that, you know, our strength was fast growth through paid acquisition, new economics. We could create products. We really innovated self-liquidating offers in the coaching consulting space that became our weakness because we never had to really focus on organic or seo or content and mm -hmm. so i would put a lot more focus and effort on diversifying how we grew mm -hmm. right that's number one i think how you grow is really important in determining your costs to acquire a customer or client that's a big part of a healthy business keeping those numbers in check. Number two is being so much more intentional about investing into our community, innovating for our community, and just really mapping out the journey of our community all the way to the ends, because that would hit another box that needs to be checked for a healthy business. And that's good lifetime value, right? If you want a high lifetime value, then you need people to stick around for a long time. And so I would put a lot of emphasis, not from a, like obviously there's a transactional aspect, but really like, how can I serve this person? Mm. Right. How can I innovate in marketing? How can I innovate in sales? How can I innovate in content? How can I innovate in customer satisfaction delivery? How can I now where I'm at, 
from an identity, the depth, like below the earth type stuff to the roots, where it's like the most important thing for sustainability and longevity in business is like what's going on internally, what's going on with the family. Mm. I would put a lot more emphasis on that because to be able to have those vulnerable, honest conversations in a safe place for someone to share like really where they are. Dude, I, mm. I did a poll. So real quick, I, I sent an email last week to my list. It said the subject was, I'm not okay, dot, dot, dot. Mm. Basically talking about how often we just like front and posture and, you know, we say, oh yeah, everything's fine. When it's really not, right? Dude, that was the biggest response I've had from any email I've sent. People are like, dude, yes, this is me. And so realizing that so many of us are just walking around hurt, wounded with issues that we're just not dealing with, we're avoiding. Mm. I would hold more capacity for that with people because that's like the eternal stuff, dude. Like that's like the deep work that, that really matters. And that's what our lives should be built on, like getting healed and whole as human beings and um, really try to to be a better representation of Jesus, salt, right, and light, mm. and that city stuff on the hill, man, and be a, a lot more intentional about that, and not being such a, you know, a jackwad with our success. <laughs> man, I I swear, bro, like I like when we started hanging, like you know, recently, I'm like, man, who, you know, what what guy am I gonna get, you know? But like, you know, via tech, like. I'm like, man, and just, bro, just incredible to see so much of, uh, you know, you unpacking this here gives me so context, so much context of, because we never interacted when you work, you know, when you ran traffic yeah. and funnels, but I just love, I love this Chris and I, you know, I would hang out with this. Chris. I don't think I would have hang out with the, <laughs> the other Chris and you probably wouldn't have hung out with, that was, this was me in my twenties. You know, I was that, you know, mm -hmm. thought I was cool. Here's the thing. I, I was that old Chris in my twenties, but I didn't make that money. I didn't make that kind of money. I was just a punk and uh, I had no money at the same time. Cool uh, hair though. Yeah. I had, I had decent hair, man. You had decent had hair. Cool hair, bro. Bro, what do you, what do you most in this process where you're at today? What are you most, what are you most proud of? Mm. Uh, my family. Hmm. Dude, I, my wife and I have an amazing marriage. It's, it's We're closer now than we've ever been. My kids are beautiful, kind, considerate, uh, just healthy humans. And to, I, I never really valued how amazing my family was because I took on the values of the world, the business success, the products, the whatever. And one day my wife almost slapped me because, you know, I was just like pity party. And she's like, dude, look at your family. And when I actually stopped and considered how amazing they are, uh, I was just overwhelmed with gratitude, man, you know? So from, from that aspect, man, that's cause it's, it's, it's difficult, dude. And and when I realized and I stepped back, it's like family is everything, bro. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like all, like all this other stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. It, in comparison, it's yeah. all just trash in comparison to family and you know you know getting a little teary-eyed because you know it wasn't always like that for me either and uh you just look at your family like you know your wife's like it's just a beautiful thing and uh yeah you know it's fascinating i was i've been thinking about this like so much of my 20s and 30s was was Alejandro, trying to put, build alejandro up yeah but but 
you know, what I've realized and thankfully it not too late, but, but my, my responsibility is to build my, my family up, my kids up, my wife up. And that's, that's, that's the thing I'm like, man, if I never make another dollar and I just work at Home Depot, make 60 grand a year and my kids flourish, they're kind, they're, they love Jesus. They have a mate. I'd be really happy. I'd yeah, be man. very happy, you know? And, um, and I love, I love that you, you know, you're, you're proud of your family now and uh, it is everything. And I appreciate that honesty that you've, you've just shared some things that people are like, Ooh, wow. I don't know if I'd share like that as well. Um, before we, we wrap up these last couple questions, um, where can people connect with you? And if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about a little bit about the collective. Yeah, I appreciate that. So I'm writing weekly, a lot of these lessons, learning lessons, things I'm processing through deep stuff, man. Um, really on the theme of growing and scaling, but from a healthy place. Mm. I do. I love scale. I love growth. I mean, we're talking about Chris Evans here, you know, so it's just different now. And so I'm writing a, uh, a weekly newsletter. It's at chrisaevans.com slash newsletter. Get on there. It's free. And um, I'm not blowing people up. It's just a weekly email. And um, yeah, so hit that up. And then, um, yeah, so the collective is a group of people who are like-minded, who want to grow in business, but they want to do it together. And they want to be in a place that you don't have to posture and they're, you're not, you know, afraid of like, man, I didn't hit a million bucks this month. You know, it's like, we're just all wanting to grow and, and have healthy lives and families and do the right thing. And so that's what I'm working to foster and cultivate and um, just have a safe place, man. And of course, there's all kinds of different experience. Got my experience and adds people, ops people. And and it's honestly, dude, it's uncomfortable because it's growing slow. Mm. And I'm not used to slow. Yeah. And it's something that I feel like God is is bringing me to, you know. But um, just, man, I'm trying to I'm trying to be diligent with what I have in front of me, mm. right? Versus just trying to manufacture so much. God's an organic God, mm. right? And, and, you know, on the family subject, he's, he's all about family. Yeah. Right. And, um, so that's our model. And, and, um, from a collective standpoint, it's just, I think a place for me to love on people, pour into people and help them move forward in life and business. Yeah. It's so good. I can't recommend it enough. Just a couple, the chats that you and I have had, um, have been amazing. We got to do a part two very soon because this was a lot, so much of the story identity. Yeah. brokenness. Um, you're, you're a weapon when it comes to business strategy. Um, we were talking one time, you're like, okay, what's the goal? All right. And then I'm mean, like, and then like you, I had this answer. I'm like, okay, cool. I, now I know what to go do in the next three months. Um, so I want to do a part two to it. get deep into, you know, a lot of the innovations that you guys brought to the table as a result of, you know, you and, and how God gifted and created you, which is very, yeah. Very cool. And I want to, we, we got to mm. do the part two, two, man. Well, bro, before these last couple of questions, just want to say, I love you, man. I'm super grateful for your humility uh, to share, you know, things like, yeah, family wasn't always a priority. That's hard for people to admit, you know, yeah. uh, that, that's hard for people to say, I, I was trying to build my own empire. So it just mm. shows that like, you, you don't really care. You, you care what God thinks about you as a, your identity, as opposed to what other people think. And, um, I'm proud of, of who you're becoming and, and who it. you're going to be for all those uh, people that you get to work with, man. So Appreciate it, man. Um, if, if you had to go travel back 
in um, in January um, of I believe 2015, 2016. I, th- I think it was 2016. You made 140 something grand, 130 grand or whatever, and uh, never made that money before. Six figures in a month is insane. Wh- what would you go tell that Chris mm. to make sure that he hasn't had to go through a lot of that stuff? Um, you know, the anxiety, the worry, the depression, like what would you tell him then? Well, I would start with that identity stuff. Of course, that tell him that he was worthy and valuable and, and called to do some amazing things, but it comes from the inside out, not the outside in. For longevity, sustainability, it has to be from internal, right? Like you see this happen with millionaires, billionaires, they keep going and going, lose families, lose businesses. And I think it's because of the internal lack, Right. So that's number one. Number two, I tell them to slow down. It's okay. There's no rush. And it is a marathon. And it's all about the right foundations, building the right foundations and enjoying the process and not rushing to a certain outcome. It really is about enjoying the journey. And we have this option. I think that contentment is a superpower. Mm. Mm. And that I can choose joy and where I'm at today, choose gratitude and be like full today of where I am and grateful to God for the day that he's given me, the things that he's given me, the plow that he's given me to put my hands to. And I think so much of the anxiety and in, in, that we get in life is, is as a result of where we're not at yet. Some destination, some whatever. And so I think when we realize that, man, God has given me today as a gift, I'm going to be diligent with what I have in front of me. Mm. And I think if we understand that we can choose that joy today and we can choose success today, we're not rushing to something in the future, Mm. right? And it's a beautiful thing that took me a lot of pain to figure out. But I would tell those things to Chris and many, many more things that I'm talking Mm. about on my social but those are some primary things. Um, yeah. So I, much to say, man. I love it, I love it man. We, we, we got to do a, tr- uh, probably got to do a whole series. Uh, yeah, and I'll, series. Just, I'll just host your, your podcast. <laughs> go unpacking all this stuff, man. Well, last question for you, man. What, what is your definition of mm. holy hustle? Yeah, I am. Um, I think it's being diligent with what God has given you to cultivate. Mm. yeah it's being diligent like god's the one that supplies the rain the sun it's up to us to dig the hole put the seed in the ground nurture that thing make sure the deer don't eat it right and so i think to consistently put our hands to that thing that god's given us and for me what that means is following your curiosities and your interests I feel like that's what God has given us and how we discover that. It's like, what am I curious about? What interests me? What excites me? That's probably what God has called you to, to some mm. degree, to some level. So for us, what I look at is a skill development. And for people that want to develop their wealth, income, that comes through skill development. That's cultivation. That's diligence. And that's why I think we are robbed when we're, we're depressed for of the disparity of where we're not yet is because we miss the opportunity to cultivate what God has given us. 
bro, that's what he's called us to do. He's called us to create and cultivate. And so when we're just focused on the future, we miss out on that opportunity that God's actually created us for. And then the fruit of that, right, is the blessing that people receive from mm. that labor and that fruit, right? Figuratively, figuratively or literally. Yeah. And um, so I think that's what holy hustle is for me because everything we do uh, unto the Lord is good. It's good, bro. It's good. Well, man, I love you. I appreciate you. I can't wait for part two to to go over the tactical. I mean, we talk ads. We could talk sales. We talk. I mean, you just got so much wisdom in you, bro. Um, love you, man. Thank you for doing this. And uh, yeah, I look forward to part two. All right, brother. Me too. See you. See you.